Talk to Mark. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Voice by Matt show. My name is Matt Bertho, your host, and my co-host is Billy. Billy. Billy Bearden. Billy. That's. Did you know that his passport said Billy? His first. Yeah, one? they misspelled my name with it. Put an E instead of an I. So and he traveled. My official name is Billy. But they still let you go to London. They let me go to uh, the UK. Yeah. So I was happy about that. All right. So today we have in the studio, Sydney Sisk. Hello, Sydney. Hi. And she got her sneak peek on her senior pictures today. She's very excited about. You can see all of her pictures probably soon on Instagram, Sydney Sisk. Sydney.sisk. Okay. Then we got We got it. (laughs) (laughs) Then we got Mark. Mark Thompson, he'll have to grab the mic and introduce himself. We got it, everyone. What did you say? Hi, everyone. Oh, hi, everyone. Okay. I thought you said, like, I don't know what you said. Anyway. And we got Bree, Miss Producer slash V, what is it called? Virtual Assistant. Sydney's editor. Mark is what, what analytic nerd guy. Is that what we did? Analytic and thumbnails. Analytic thumbnail master. He's the clickbait professor. Uh, <laughs> the, the clickbait expert. And then we have Josiah behind the camera. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So today we are going to talk about the important the importance of feeling everything and why that's important. But before we do that, we are going to do something new for the podcast that I literally came up today with. I came up with it today. And it's going to be called Cold Reading. Cold Reading with Bertho, with Matt. So Bree is handing me a sheet of paper. I have no idea what it is. Bree, I, I need some context with this, though, because I thought about this, okay? Now, Bree does not have a mic. Um, if Bree can go, go over to the Sydney Mark mic. Here we go. All right. So, Bree, uh, can you tell me who the audience is for this reading? It's like a QA. and a like, like everybody right now. Like, this is super, like, just released, super popular. Everybody knows this person. Okay. All right. I like, I mean, this is kind of... So, you're going to, like, give us your take on this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my craft. So, okay. I'm going to do a cold reading okay. of, you know, whatever this is. To show people, like, look, I can, not only can I teach it, but I can do it. I guess I can perform okay. it, all right? Yeah. So I have no idea what this is. I told Bree, because she kept asking me, do you want to know? I said, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Because I want to I wanna show. Like Because in life, man, you got you to gotta present mm-hmm. on the fly. So I'm going to look at it. How how much time do I have to look at it? Let's make a let's make the rule. How much time, Sydney, video editor? Thirteen seconds. Thirteen seconds. Funny. 
with the Chiefs. All right, hold on. I got to figure. Okay, so it's this way, and she wrote it in her handwriting. So mm-hmm. I hope I can read it. That is so. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Hmm. All right. Painting walls with all my secret tears. Filling rooms with all my hopes and my fears. But oh my, oh my. I'll never learn if I never leap. I'll always yearn if I never speak to be loved and love at the highest count. Adele. Adele, yeah. Woo, that was good, Brie. That was good. I didn't even know. Did you guys feel it? I just knew it was Adele. Did you feel it? Yeah. Billy? I felt it. I felt that Adele energy. Yeah, so let's talk about that, you know. Uh, it, it works with what we're talking about today. Um, you know, to be loved, to love at the highest cost, the highest count. Um, you know, how many people have secret tears that they hide from the world, right? Like mm-hmm. that, the pain that they go through. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is the importance of feeling everything. And, you know, one of the main reasons why Adele is so amazing is because she feels so deeply. And her lyrics, you know, I mean, there's probably a good chance that people write for her, but her delivery, Mm. even, even, even in her Instagram, if you watch her Instagram videos, she just released a, a video of her telling her Las Vegas show fans, sorry, we have to cancel the show. And even that was super, super attached to her feelings and her heart. Yeah. And she shared that. You can definitely tell she's in touch with all of her emotions and she's like dealt with it and like sat. She like she says in her songs, like she's just sits there and she's so lonely. You can tell that. Like, sometimes she feels like that. You can tell that she's just sat there and, like, thought. So I really uh, enjoy her music big time, mainly because she feels so deeply. And the way that she presents it, it's just wide open. Like, there's so much vulnerability with what she gives us. Um, So... Myself, you know, how I got on this path of finding my voice was when I was young, you know, I'd sing all the time, just like little kids do. You know, mm-hmm. Leo, my son, and Max, they'd sing all the time. They're just making up songs and just having a blast. <laughs> um, you know, I stopped that in, in high school. I did not join choir because I thought it wasn't the cool thing to do. And, uh, you know, I wasn't trained. We didn't have a, a lot of voice coaches that, you know, my family uh, could afford. And, you know, I just didn't even know you could take voice lessons. I didn't even know that that was a thing, that you could take a voice lesson from anybody. Um, so 
middle of my junior year, I joined choir. I started taking lessons, voice lessons my senior year. And the reason why I like music, I mean, I think everybody knows because it, music is attached to real music is attached to real feeling. Mm-hmm. That's been the way it's always been. Um, sometimes when people play an instrument, it's easy to hide behind the instrument. It's easy to hide behind a piano. It's easy to hide behind a trumpet. It's easy to hide behind the drums, all right? But there's something about the voice in speaking and in singing that's very, very vulnerable. And when you're really speaking from your heart, from your truth, your soul, people will know because they'll feel it. They'll feel, you know what, this person, they're telling the truth. They're the real deal. I feel that. And then there's some people that speak and you're just like, oh, they don't care. They don't care about that. They don't care about me. They don't care about us. They don't care about anything. And when I started singing, my craft of singing was not very good. Uh, I sang very nasally. I never wanted to talk in front of class. That's for sure. Um, I didn't feel smart as a student, even in college. But I will tell you, getting private voice lessons, my confidence went up. And as an athlete, my competitive nature, when my confidence went up and I got some tools in the craft of singing, then I was able to go for these solos that I would want. And I remember one of the first solos that I went for in high school um, was Can You Feel the Love Tonight from Lion King. (laughs) It's a good one. And uh, yeah, man, Jen, Jennifer Boer was her name then. She told me, she said, Matt, you have to audition for this because she could tell I really wanted to do it. (laughs) Um, And of course, you know, I wasn't very good and people made fun of me. Uh, I sang really nasal. Uh, I didn't realize at the time I had a pretty thick country accent. Um, (laughs) And I spoke with what I now know was um, a muffled kind of tone. Um. You know, college, I had a voice coach, Anne-Marie Miller. And then when I graduated, Dr. David Weber, they both uh, gave me voice lessons. And the way that Friends University did it is if you were in voice lessons, you did not have to take a speech class because they got it. They got, wow, these people are working on their voice to make it better. Mm. So why in the world do they need to take it? Why in the world do they need to take a speech class? Um, in hindsight, I wish that I would have had some sort of kind of uh, formality of a speech class just to kind of say, this is what we do, this is how we do it, this is how you prepare a speech, etc. But with the, me being in plays, me being in musicals in, in college, um, it made me realize how to present myself. In church... Uh, being a music minister at Chapel Hill, United Methodist in Wichita, it took it a step further and put me in a bigger public eye every Sunday. And these, what I know now, even working sales at CompUSA, every time I would approach a customer, 
and present myself to them, I didn't realize that my posture was getting better through through vocal lessons. My speech was getting better through vocal lessons because even in being in plays as a performer, I had to do certain accents for certain roles. And so that made me work on my craft. And I, and so lots, lots of times I didn't even know I was working on my craft, but like the cold reading that I just did, I was always able to deliver a final product of the speech or the play that I'm in or the musical that I'm in or the song, the solo that I'm singing or even playing the drums. That's, that's what I, that was my first instrument or playing the piano. I would play it or sing it or speak it with great feeling, great intention. And I had no clue what I was doing. It was just who I, who, who I was. Like nobody taught me how to do that. That's always been who I am. But what's been really fun in the last probably six or seven years is unpacking how do I do that? In London, we got to present about intention, about intention steps that I kind of made up, which I'm not going to share on the podcast, but it's a way for a performer to lock in to that flow state, that zone, and be able to deliver the speech or deliver the, the song that they're performing. Or for a business uh, professional, to be able to deliver the product, the, the product line, to be, to be able to, to deliver the idea in a way that the audience goes, oh my God, I, f- I want more of that. I want so much more of that thing. So in feeling everything and going through that process, we discover depths of ourselves that we didn't even know existed before. But the problem is, is when people start to feel, a lot of people think, including myself before, that ah, I'm going to let people in on these deep, dark secrets that I don't want anybody to know about. When really, we love people as their whole self, the good and the bad, and everything in between. Because what happens sometimes is people have trauma, people go through things like I did. You know, my grandpa, like I talked about, committed suicide when I was in high school. My dad died of a heart attack. And then since he died of a heart attack, I had this sense of unworthiness that, why? Why is this happening to my family? You know, I uncovered it's because the, the, the boys, the, the males in the Bertho family, they didn't want to talk about their feelings. And they pass it down, generation to generation. Well, with this New York retreat that I did, I, I talked about in the last podcast, you can go back and listen to it. Um, I broke through that cycle, broke through. All right. Um, so Bree's being awesome and keeping me on track right now. But the importance of feeling through the hard emotions, um, you get to process it. You get to process uh, the grief. And, you know, Billy, you've been mm-hmm. through this too. Is there a time frame on grief? Um, maybe certain kinds of grief. I don't know. I can only speak for myself. But, I mean, I think some kinds of grief. I don't know. Grief. Some kinds of wounds. I think 
are with you for a long time. Maybe forever. Maybe it depends on the person. I don't know. Did you ever feel numb about it? Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think that's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because it's just a way of, or part of processing it, maybe. I don't know. So what did, what did you do to process it? Um, grief. Um, I, I think just like, I don't know if I even did anything. I think just living through it <laughs> and just, um, accepting it and mm. letting it happen. I mean, it's like, I think it's important to remember that it's, it's okay to just sit and hurt. Mm. Like we need to do that sometimes. I think I did that a lot. Just sit, hurt. Mm. And uh, I think that was an important part of it for me. Yeah, That's powerful. I mean, that, cause that goes right into what we're going to talk about right now. Um, awesome. Good stuff, man. So my coach, doctor, not doctor, he should be a doctor. He's so freaking smart. Dean uh-huh. Hall. Dean Hall, yeah. Um, he, in my coaching, mentioned to me this Gerzon model. And I'll kind of put a breeze, little <laughs> breeze drawing that she made. But, <laughs> um, you know, he taught this to me uh, before I went on my retreat. And to the far right of the model in like a circle is growth. And the far left of the spectrum is rest. And then there's two bars in between that circle. And one circle in the middle is the breakthrough. And it's painful. And you sit in the pain. It's stressful. It's anxious. You might Mm -hmm. have anxiety right there. And on the other side of the, um, the model next to rest is depression and addiction. Mm -hmm. Which I've been through now. Uh, multiple times. That's one reason why Dean Hall's in my life uh, is because he was my, one of my first therapists. He taught me hypnotherapy. He's the man. Um, and now he's my coach that I talk to every Sunday, but the far right's growth. The far left is rest. Um, the far right bar is pain, stress, and anxiety. The far left bar is depression, addiction. And in the middle, we call that the fog the comfort zone when you don't do anything. Okay. You just kind of ignore it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't think about it. You know, like us doing this podcast, we could have been like, eh, we'll do it tomorrow. Right. You just kind of ignore it. You ignore the feelings, right? Yeah. Well, when you ignore the feelings, you're going to gravitate more to the rest side, which is going to cause depression and addiction which so many of us have been through. We know so many people have been through that when they didn't handle the conflict or handle the trauma or go through the trauma. And then going right, like you just said, Billy, mm-hmm. you, you essentially healed yourself in this process, man, okay. which is freaking awesome. <clears throat> we did not plan that at all today. But you set in the pain, the stress, yeah. <clears throat> the yeah. hurt, the suffering, and you stayed in it. And when we sit in it, we stay yeah. in it, we don't give up, mm-hmm. and we just, we, we accept it, we accept the pain, we accept the journey, then we'll grow. 
Yeah. And we'll have a breakthrough in that moment. And we grow in our pain, in our suffering, which blows my mind, man. Because I did everything but that. I tried to beat it out of me physically, and it did not work. But Mark and I ran 30 miles. We ran 48 miles, too, Mark did. Right? Yeah. And both of them, I mean, beat the heck out of both of us. And, you know, the 48, the 4448 by Goggins, you know, we were in quarantine at that time, so we literally had to go through it alone. Alone. We, we would call each other and check in. But I thought that those two things with the 29029 event, I thought that those two things would fix it. Didn't fix anything. Mm. It wasn't until I went through the pain and sat in the pain and the suffering that I grew and I came out on the other side healed better. Um, so I, I know like if you're dealing with trauma or stress or uncomfortableness, take Billy's advice and my advice and sit in it for a while and feel it, feel all of it, accept it, accept it as part of your journey. Right. And ask the question that I learned, what's the lesson? What's the lesson in this? You know, I think for both. So how do you, how do you come to acceptance? I think that's what, yeah. Yeah. How do you come to acceptance? I think it's a hard part. Well, I think with, with what we dealt with. Cause, Cause a lot of times grief and it feels like a violation. Like you've, been violated in some yeah, way. Yeah, it's ugly. It feels unfair. So, like, coming to accept that is, I think, much easier said than done. I don't have any, I don't have any answer. I don't know how you, how you, maybe there's no, like, roadmap you can just give somebody and say, this is how you accept it. Well, I think but, the acceptance is, <clears throat> yeah. let's be honest, like Rafiki says to Simba, mm-hmm. bops him on the head and says what? That hurt. <laughs> Right. Okay. Yeah. Ref- that's that's what Simba says to Rafiki. That hurt. Uh-huh. And Rafiki says, of course it hurt, but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because of what it's in the past. Mm-hmm. It's in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and so if it happens in the past, can we change it in the past? No. Can we accept that it happened? And that's what you're talking about. That's the acceptance. Right. Yeah. Yes. My father passed away from a heart attack. Should I hold on to anything that can fix that right now? No. I need to accept it happened. Mm -hmm. All right? I think that's, like, part of what I admire is that everyone, like, these role role models in our life that are all, like, dealing with our lives, that's why all of us are here on, like, a snowy day that we don't even have school because they are able to show us their emotions and then it just makes us makes it so much easier for us to do. Yeah. And know, that honesty, like that's what I admire. I'd rather someone be brutally honest and raw with me than lie to me and just be like fake to me cuz that's how it is kind of a lot of people around here are like that. I would rather someone be blunt and honest and just real. And so like that and I feel like that's how everyone in this room is well I'm proud of that I'm proud of Mark and Sydney and Bree mm-hmm. because and Josiah because you know it 
every single one of them and every single one of my private students, for sure, there comes a moment where a breakthrough must happen on the Gerzon model where they get stressed out, they have anxiety, they're in pain emotionally because they don't want to do the thing. And then I, I help them in that process discover it's not as scary as they think it is, but they, they have to stay in it. They have to keep doing the work. They have to keep trying. And for Sydney to say that, it's amazing because these people that are this team, that are the Voice by Matt production team, with the exception of the co-host, Billy, these guys are teenagers, man. Juniors and seniors in high school that have found their voice and are continuing to find their voice and are continuing to grow into their voices. And if a teenager can do it in the middle of Kansas, anybody can learn to do it. All right. But it takes a lot of soul searching. And the point that I was going to make with this little part of the segment is this Bree, Josiah, Sydney, and Mark have all wanted to cry or cried at a vocal lesson with me. All right? Yeah. Yeah, multiple times. And it, it, these, these, these layers of onion, these layers of this, this pain that these kids go through, that these people go through, they, it starts to strip away and strip away. And when that strips away, it's painful. It, it's hard. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel normal because the normal that they're used to was so fake, was so not real. Um, you know, Sydney and I had an awesome conversation last night over text about truth. And I just let her completely tell me everything she wanted to say, because I knew that's what I need to give her right now. And I, I need to just chill out and listen. And then she asked me for my truth and I delivered it to her. And because of those moments and Bree's had those moments with me, Josiah's had those moments, Marcus had those moments, Billy's had those moments with me. You guys didn't see it, but before the podcast, we had that moment in here where there was certain things that we needed to discuss. But those are the conversations that teenagers and adults, Billy and me, can have together that I don't have with adults in my life outside of this room, besides my wife and, and the new circle of uh, friends that I've been hanging out with the last three years. It's really difficult to have meaningful conversation with people. And that's what Sydney was saying, is that even in the choir program, there's a time about junior, senior year where they feel like they're pulling away from the crowd and it's hard to have conversations with people that are their age because they don't get it. And what they don't get is the realism, the truth. Um, so the next segment of this is how can someone get out of a bad thinking cycle? All right. So a bad mindset. All right. So like, uh, first of all, the benefits, I think I, I said the benefits of it going through the hard emotions, but the benefits are you are going to grow in your full whole self. 
And what does that mean? You get to find out. And I think like kind of how that started for me was I just stopped caring about what people thought because you can tell me seeing me from freshman year to now, you'd be like, okay, that's a people pleaser. Like, what are you doing? But now I'm kind of just like doing me and it's better not worrying about other people all the time because they're always going to have an opinion about you regardless and you can't do anything to change that. So why waste your time trying to? Bingo. Have fun being you. Do you know what other people's opinions of you are? Oh, yes. They're just fan fiction. I love that. I love that. <laughs> That's good, Billy. That's I think I think I, I think I saw that on Twitter. It's not. It's not. It's not. That's a good. That's not a good nugget. to me, but we can pretend like it is. I like that nugget. Okay. That's a good nugget. Sydney fan fiction. Um. So the next talking point. Okay. So the next talking point is how can someone get out of a bad thinking cycle? I've said this the last four years, and I still believe it. And I, when I said it, I couldn't believe it was true. But the more I research it, the more I go, the more the more I dive into it, the more it's true. Speak it out loud. Use your voice and say it out loud. Four years ago, January first, I weighed about two forty, two thirty, somewhere in there. I said out loud, "God and the universe, I want my health back." I lost 60 pounds in six months because that put me in the direction to get the information, the elimination diet changed my life because I didn't realize the food I was putting in my body was the problem causing inflammation. All right. Now I've kept it off. I've never been over 200 since. There's a quote that I really like that is nothing can change if you don't. And I feel like that's a lot of what you did. You were stuck in this, these bad habits, just getting lazy. And then I, it was crazy how you like changed everything. And, and it's evolved from there. Yeah. Like it's it, every year. And it's only going up. Yeah. Every year there's been a new thing to add, but how can you change your thinking, your bad thinking cycle? Well, Say things to yourself, say things to yourself that are not negative. How about that? Like, I used to say to myself, I'm fat. I am not smart. Mm -hmm. It's even hard for me to say it now. I am not worthy of this opportunity. And now, every day, I say, I am smart. I am strong. I am fit. I am good looking. And if I, you don't believe it, fake it till you make it, baby. <laughs> I am worthy. But the, the, you know, and a lot of people get, get a little weird with the I am statements, but what they don't understand is my intention is hope and love for myself. And when, when I have that intention, it sticks. And not only does it stick, that energy is thrown out into the universe and it causes a ripple effect. But that's why we sing. That's why music exists. That frequency of energy. 
that carries information. And when you say and declare, I am, why would you not say something positive after the I am statement? Correct, Billy? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, like how many people in the world say, I am fat, I am ugly, I am disgusting. Because they, they, then it gets worse and they go on this cycle, right? Yeah. Well, every day, every diet, I do gratitude. I say, you know, these things because it's better than saying the worst things about me, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I, it, that just takes me into a completely dark place when I say those awful things about myself. Yeah, it changes your reality. I mean, I, I don't know if it's mystical, but I mean, like, it changes you. You're practicicing like a new reality for yourself when you say that stuff, I think and it's helping you bring it and about. we both know that environment and the people that we surround ourselves with mm-hmm. is a big part of growth, huge part of growth, all right and you know I tell my students here and my clients if they're in a if they're in an environment that is stifling and toxic that they cannot create that they cannot live their passion then they need to find a way to get out so that they can live. Um, yeah, we're, we're not in a concentration camp like, you know, Victor Frankl that I, that I just finished that book today. All right. Mm-hmm. Everybody in this room has amazing clothes, has good hygiene, had different kinds of food today. We, we drank water that was clean, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and so because we have these amazing gifts, these, these amazing things that we have in our life, we need to have gratitude for it every day. Yeah. And because we don't have to go through that, what we need to think about is, okay, what can we grow into? What can we evolve into because we do have all of these amazing gifts around us? Mm-hmm. Instead of just thinking about surviving. Right? So I think that answers the question for me. Uh, how can someone get out of a bad thinking cycle? Positive I am statements instead of negative I am statements. Like, like go positive. And even when it's hard, even when you're struggling... Because if you're struggling and you're saying really awful things to yourself, it's just going to get worse. We are literally, every single person in this room is genuine proof that this, this routine works. Because every day in my freshman Bel Canto class, our prompt in the morning, whenever we had to, he took role and we, every day we stood up and said something was, say a positive I am statement. And ever since then, look at where we are now. Like, we have grown so much because of the way that he taught us to do that. Hmm. And, like, even the questions, they just started getting more complex and complex as we started growing, where it would be, what is your passion? And I used to be like, Bertha, what do you mean, what is my passion? I'm a high schooler. Like, <laughs> how, how, how am I supposed to find my passion? And like he said, we were talking about this the other day, like my sophomore year, I went and tried to find other things that I liked, 
not really, didn't really work out. Um, but then by my senior year, I've found my passion, and I feel like that's all of us were on that road, and it's kind of cool that we're all together. Yeah, and Billy watches me do this and watches me have pain through this process, mm-hmm. right, Billy? Yes, I do. You I know, see, I see lots of pain, but we know the pattern <laughs> now that yeah. you know Sydney just kind of talked about, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's a pattern of a person in any journey. I, I think it's just not specific to high school students. I think it's any person that's growing. Uh-huh. You know, they, they start off, they're like wide-eyed. They're like, oh my gosh, that was, that was me in the, you know, this self-help journey of mm-hmm. discovering my gifts and my passions, right? In the last four years, since I turned 40, this has been such a discovery for me, right? And like Bree said, I had them stand up and I had them say an I am statement, a positive I am statement. But these kids, they would stand up and we would literally have girls and boys that would tear up because they didn't want to say anything. Or some of them would say, I am happy to just be alive today. I'm here. I am um, awake. And, you know, some would, would, would be like, I don't have anything. And we would have to step in and be like, hey, like there's something. There's something that you are, that you have. I am. Come on. Yeah. But that, that process of them standing up and saying it literally in every class, every single day, we've done this probably the last six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And then we say their name like Sydney, clap, clap, Bree, clap, clap. Mark, clap, clap. Josiah, clap, clap. And what I love about our program is um, if they don't find an I am, it's everyone else telling them uh, you are. Like, I've, I told Dallin in our English class the other day, we were coming up with our strengths for um, applications for scholarships. He's like, I really can't think of any. And I was like, Dallin, that's crazy because... You work well with others. You, um, once you set your mind to something, you get it done. Once you get that motivation to get it done, you can do it. And you are a boss woman when you want to be, and yep. you can control that. She and is. it's we can all point that out in each other, and that's how we work really good together. I feel like we all know each other's strengths. But I like it too because these guys aren't afraid to say, "Hey, Mark, you're a great leader. Let's go." And then Mark's like, yeah, I guess I am pretty great. I'm, I need to lead. Let's go. Yeah, he does say that a lot. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, you're right. I am pretty great. I'm Mark uh, Thompson, man. I ran 48 miles. So, uh, yeah. Well, I think I hit everything, right? Um, but back to what I was saying, I don't think it's a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior thing. I think it's a person thing. I think that... Mm. In my environment, when, when I'm working with a voice student that could be six years old or 10 years old or 60 years old, there's that moment of bright eyes, like that stage one, right? That stage one. Bright eyes. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Holy crap. I didn't know I had that voice. I didn't know I could speak like that. I didn't know I could sing like that. I have a couple right now that just started. And then there's two. Oh man, this is hard. Uh, I'm going to go try this other thing over here. I'm going to go do this other thing over here and play around with these other things and get distracted with these people and maybe make some bad choices over here with these people. 
And then there's a third stage. And it's like, okay, I have some choices to make here. I know that hanging out with these people and making these choices, these bad choices was not serving me at all. My, my work went to crap. I'm, I'm not healthy. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. It's so easy. It's so lazy. It's so convenient. And then the fourth stage is acceptance of, of your journey, of your mm-hmm. gift, of who you really are. Not who the world wants you to be, but who you really are. And that is what I teach my students, my clients, the people that I work with, is that every single person on this earth has a voice, an internal voice that is only theirs. There's no copy of it. You can't imitate it. It's special, Mm. made up of all the billions of things that there could be in the universe. There's only one of you, just one, with your voice. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's more rare than the rarest diamond worth the most money in the entire world. Your voice is the most valuable gift that you have for communication, for feeling, for intention, for telling stories, for helping people. So what I'm teaching these students how to do is how to use it with clarity, how to have connection to people and show people their feelings how to have confidence, like you've heard these students that are teenagers talk today. And more, most important is how to show their feelings through what they do, whether it's speaking or singing. And that, that gift, man, that's a, life, that's a lifetime gift that, that we cultivate here and with my students and with my clients. So that is the podcast today. Billy, do you have anything you want to add? We've got two minutes. Um, I don't think so. You covered it all, man. You got all the, all the bullet points in the green, so that tells yeah. me that we're good. Bray <laughs> hooked it up. So thank you guys, Mark and Sydney, Josiah. Don't forget Bree. to follow Sydney Sisk on Twitter. <laughs> or Insta- was it Instagram? Which, which one? Billy. Um, all of it. But I'm very proud of this group. I'm proud of... And I'm really proud of this group because we are all growing together in this and we are going to help a lot of people, loads of people mm-hmm. find their voice now, yeah. their true voice, their authentic voice. And it's a process. It's not just a one yeah. and done lesson. It is a process. For sure. So yeah. until next time, episode 30 in the books. Holy cow. 30, wow. 30. Yeah. Good job, team. So uh, I love you guys, and we will see you next week. Peace. Peace.